Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing possibilities. And I am your humble and very ADHD host, Dave DeWitt. This is week three of the budgeting series, and today is a crucially important step in figuring out our budget. We are going to be talking about your financial purpose, your why, your goals, and the stuff we need to uncover to create some intrinsic motivation that will be able to survive when we inevitably feel like we are losing control of the process. Something to come back to so we can reignite our motivation and remember what the point of all of this is. So to quickly recap, in the first week, we talked about the budget sheet that is available in the show notes and how we want to bring on to that sheet our income and our fixed wants and needs expenses. As a reminder, when you navigate to this Google Sheet, please go to File and then make a copy to have your own. A handful of folks have requested access to the public sheet, but that is not the way to do this. Otherwise, we would all be editing the same sheet and infringing upon each other's budgets and it would be mayhem, just absolute mayhem on there. So, As we go through this exercise today, I have another resource for you. It is a Google form, and this also is going to be in the show notes. This will help you get your motivation written down in digital form. It will ask you for your email so that it can send you your answers so you have it to refer to. And don't worry, I'm not going to use your email for any reason whatsoever. It is just for your benefit. If you want me to use your email for a reason, you can always sign up to get the ADHD Money Mastery book. That link is also in the show notes. And then you'll get occasional emails from me about new podcasts, new initiatives and things I'm doing or whatever I really feel like blasting you with on that day. So beware. We are going to go through some questions together here, and then at the end, we are going to look at the information that we've put onto the budget sheet and analyze our spending a little bit and see where our problem spots are. Remember, this is a sheet that has our actual spending over the past few months. I recommended last week that you have another copy for of your of your sheet, of the budget sheet, for when we actually adjust the spreadsheet to reflect what our plan of attack is going to be, which we are going to get to in a couple of weeks. So here we go. If you're in your car driving, don't try and write down these things. Just listen along. And when you are when you get home, you can open up the form. Um, if you're at home, open up the form and listen along. And I would recommend that you write down your answers to these and think about it as we go. Alrighty. So question number one is... Why is money important to you? As you recall in a previous episode, I think it was one of the first episodes I did called the one-page financial or the ADHD-friendly one-page financial plan. I went over the details on how to answer this question, why is money important to you? The point of this question is to get to the root of why money is important to you and not stick with the first superficial answer that probably comes to your mind. So if you ask yourself this question, why is money important to me? and you say it's because it would help me get out of debt, well, that's great, and that is a reason why money is important because it can help you do that. And that is a goal, but why is getting out of debt important to you? And the point is to continue to ask yourself why is the answer important to you, so why is getting out of debt important to me to keep doing this until you ultimately come to something more meaningful. Getting out of debt is important to me because it'll free up my mind to be able to focus on more important things And why is freeing up my mind to focus on more important things important to me? Well, that's important to me because I want to be able to put my money to work to help my kids go to college and to make sure I have a safety net and so that I can feel peace of mind. And why is having peace of mind important to me so I can live my life to the fullest and have more purpose in my life and fulfill my potential? So you know this is kind of just an example of what I'm talking about. So don't just write the first thing that comes to your mind. Ask yourself a few times to get something more meaningful and more purpose-driven 
answer. This exercise can help you a lot. Okay, question two is, well, less a question, but it is to list at least three of your most core values, okay? So if you are having a hard time with this, I did put a link in the show notes again of a big long list of some values. Just an example of some of my values. Some of my core values are family, very, very important to me. Freedom, very, very important to me. Faith, very important to me. And security, feeling safe, okay? Those are important to me, and I like to try and connect my own money to support these things. Okay, question three is going to be getting us to start thinking about goals. What are two things you want to achieve or experience in the next year? Since we're talking about in the next year, feel free to be tactical here, not big aspirational stuff, okay? Because this could be translated onto our budget sheet as one of our very first goals. So these could be things like, I want to experience what it's like to have a a $5,000 emergency fund or a $1,000 emergency fund. But it could also be, I want to experience a guilt-free $5,000 vacation where I don't feel guilty about spending money on it because I worked hard to save for it. It could be, I would like to experience being out of debt or I would like to get out of debt. So it could be something that could be achievable. Now, if you're in mountains of debt, then maybe it's in the next year, I want to pay off $5,000 of debt. So you can just make it, you'll know your situation better than I can, obviously, because I don't know you. So that's kind of what I'm trying to say here. Make it a realistic goal for the question where it's asking two things you want to achieve or experience in the next year. All right, so question number four is the same, but now we're talking five years. So what are two things you would like to experience or achieve in the next five years? So what could this be? This could be, I want to buy my first house. I want to grow an investment portfolio to $20,000. I want to buy an investment property. I want to graduate from an educational program to improve my skills. I want to reach this particular point in my career. I want to reach this level at my job, at my company, where I'm making so and so much money. So these are could be more like midterm goals that still are realistic and achievable and don't feel completely out of whack or out of line. If we get too aspirational with with our goals that we actually want to be achieving, then we're setting ourselves up for failure, which our brains do not like. And we're also likely not to actually start when the first step, when when it feels so unachievable, it doesn't give you a chance to actually work up that sort of intrinsic or deep or, or actual true motivation to get started because your brain's kind of in the back of its mind, maybe not consciously telling you, but it's kind of just saying like, well, yeah, well, that's not really going to happen. So what's the point? So be realistic with goals. If anything, be super conservative with your goals, making them doable. Okay, so now the next question is going to be the same exact question, but now we're going 10 years. So what are two things you want to achieve or experience in the next 10 years? So once you do these three questions, you're going to have sort of short-term, mid-term, and long-term. And so this could be something like, I want to have college funded for my kids or the amount that I'm going to fund funded for my kids. It could be I want to have uh, my 401k be worth $200,000 or some amount of money or something that's longer term that maybe you will have moved into your dream home, your, your forever home, and then put a price tag on that just so you have something to work towards. Uh, with the long-term goals, this is a place where it's okay to be a little bit more aspirational. It's it's kind of more dream, uh, vision boardy, you know, you want there to be some some gold at the end of the rainbow, so to speak. So, you know, as you go from short-term, medium-term to long-term goals, I want you to be super freaking realistic 
to a little bit aspirational, okay? So that way, as you hit goals, you start to get more confidence, and then the really aspirational things actually slowly zoom in towards you like it's more possible. Now, the next two questions are going to help you to, again, see if it comes up with something to help you understand what you really want or what your values are or just learn something about yourself. So I think this is a cool question. So the question is, if you were given $10,000 today, just handed it, but you were told that you could not invest it, you could not save it, you could not do anything with it that was not spending it, you have to spend it, what would you spend it on? Okay, so it's forcing you to put your money somewhere right now. So it could be on education for yourself. It could be giving it to your kids. It could be gifting it to a charity. It could be buying a new car or or buying a toy you've been wanting that's expensive. So it might help you figure out, are you a really charitable person? Are you really a giver? Or are you more into something for yourself? Are you really wanting to help your kids? Are you really wanting to go on a vacation? Do you really value travel? So you'll figure out something about yourself, I think, from this. And then do, for the last question, do the same thing, but now it's $50,000. And you can feel free to spread it out a bit, but what would you do with $50,000 if you had to spend it right away? Once you're done with that, you will hopefully have some idea of what you want and what you can start working towards. As I've said before on this show, ADHD, it's hard to look past a week. So good job. You just thought about your future. You just wrote things down that are important to you. You just wrote down goals that are longer term. Good job. And you've made a lot of progress already just from doing that. I think literally just doing that alone will help you change how you spend your money, at least over the next couple of weeks. But you have to keep revisiting it as we continue through this process I think this will become more real about how this is going to go down and how it's going to actually help you reach those goals over time, okay? So now we're going to switch gears and we're going to go back to the budget sheet, okay? We did that. We took a little break from the budget sheet because we wanted to sort of, you know, we're at kind of the halfway point here now. We've we've got our spending on here. We're looking at the spending now, but we we now have something to actually measure the spending against. We have our values to measure the spending against. We have our goals to measure the spending against. So, here we go. If you really have done the exercise so far with the budget sheet and brought on your income, brought on your expenses, and gone through old statements and stuff, you may have started having some feelings of guilt and shame, and you know it may have been, it may even have felt unbearable at times to to look at you know where you've been putting your money. Um, it, it really is one of the hardest things to do. So if you've done it, great, amazing job. There's a lot of things in life that are hard. But when you have money shame, it's a whole different ball game. It's so emotional. So I really do give you kudos. So but now, you know, you're going to come back and look at it again. And if there's feelings of guilt and shame come up, just, just know that it's okay. It's totally normal. Lean into the guilt. Lean into the shame. It happened. It's okay to feel that way. But we can't change the past, of course. And what we do from today going forward can help. But you're always going to have steps back in this process of, of, of healing money wounds or if you have money wounds or if you just need, you have just a little bit of shame and guilt, there's always going to be little steps back, but we just want to start making small steps backwards and then leaps forward, okay? And that's going to really help us. So as we look through our spending here, just kind of glance down the spending various categories. This is your actual spending. This is before we create the plan. And notice if anything pops out at you as just being way out of line. Like you just know that this is too much money. You're spending too much on this or that. 
okay? And keep notes of the things where, you know, are potential places to make changes. And then as you're looking at the various categories and the various places you're spending money and the amount of money you're spending on these various things and all this stuff, start thinking about if this amount of money you're spending on these things is supporting the values you've just gone through and written down. And is it supporting, you know, why money is important to you? Is it supporting your freedom? Is it supporting your security? Is it supporting your family? And see, is your money and your choices with that money aligned and supporting what's actually important to you? And if the answer is a hell no, then you know that there is some work to do to get your money more in line with your values. And that's totally okay. And this is part of the process. And and this is especially important if you are someone who doesn't have as much wiggle room as someone who's really wealthy, who can get away with it. This will be very healing for people who have issues with their money when you are maybe slightly lower income, but there's enough wiggle room to actually make some changes. Um, you really will experience some transformation as you go through this process. If you just have categories on there and you can't really get the sense of, you know, if it's really aligned, then go back through the statements and look at the actual things you've been spending money on and start just sort of adding up in your head kind of like how much money you've been spending on this or that and seeing if it's aligned with your values. With ADHD, I mean, life is just coming at us so fast at so many different angles that we're juggling so much all the time. And it's always so chaotic that a lot of times we've never even gone through this exercise of really knowing what our values are and why money might be important to us. I mean, who the heck's doing that every day? I mean, this is not easy and it's okay that things don't seem aligned with your values. I mean, that's just an opportunity for change and I can't stress that enough. And as we move forward, we're going to forget about what our values were. And so that's why I always stress, you know, ultimately printing out something and having it somewhere external where you can always see it and come back to it and be reminded, uh, at least subconsciously, of, you know, what's the point of all this anyways. Okay, so the next thing to do is to look on the sheet at the place where it says spending analysis. So now that you've put all this stuff on the sheet, it should be automatically uh, using this little spending analysis area to show you what percentage of your money is being spent on needs versus wants, okay? So there is a budgeting model, which which is called the 50-30-20 model, where 50% of our spending is supposed to go, or less than 50% of our spending is supposed to go to needs, 30% can go to wants, and then 20% is saving. It's hard to do this, like very, very hard to save 20% of your income, especially if you've if you've never tried budgeting and you're already not doing that, to try and re- like go in reverse and then find a way to save 20% is really challenging. So don't feel bad if you're not there. This is just a guide to see where you're at and then you can make changes and see how high you could get the savings. So anyways, I mean, most people I'm talking to, I would say on average, 70% of income is going on necessities. And if this is you, this is a sign that you've experienced a certain level of lifestyle creep on the fixed side, meaning you've You've got a bigger car, a nicer car than you really ought to maybe have, and or maybe you bought a you, your house poor. You you bought a house, but it was the maximum house you could buy that the bank would let you get, and so you're spending all your money is going to a mortgage. This is when you can see why you're spending too much on needs because you need housing, but you don't necessarily need the best housing. Um, and this is these are some of the hardest things to change. So if this is something where you just like cannot budge. Um, if this is you, 70%, 80% on needs, and you just will not budge on the car, you're going to die on that hill, or the house, you're going to die on that hill, then you have to look at other ways of solving the dilemma, which would be, frankly, increasing income or not buying things you want. But that's also hard. So um, increasing income, unfortunately, is a lot of times 
the best solution and the most realistic solution a lot of times as well. And then if you're over, you know, well over 30% on the once thing, you know, that's a sign that you're, you know, maybe it's impulsive spending. That's a sign that your impulsive spending is part of the issue. You're spending too much money on dining out, DoorDash, on clothes, random things that you just want, new shiny objects. And so if you're over 30% on that and you're 70% on needs, well, what does that mean? It means that you're 0% savings or you're potentially negative on the savings number, which means that you're actually accumulating debt each and every month because you're overspending, and which means that you're on track to, frankly, a disaster. So if that's you or it's negative on that number, especially if it's really negative, then that's a cause for concern. And I, you have every right to, to really figure it out. And I'm just saying that as your friend, as someone who cares about my audience, um, that if that's you, then you got to tighten the belt buckle. You got to give yourself a little, a little gentle slap in the face and get ready to get to work. Now, if you go through this exercise um, of looking at all this debt and whatnot, and, and you think everything looks reasonable, you're like, I, I'm not spending that much on this and that. Like, I'm, I'm only spending, you know, this much on clothes. I'm only spending this much on, on groceries. You know, if I were to go any lower on my spending, I would be really depriving myself and I would just be uncomfortable. And I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. If that's what you're saying, then you really want to take a good hard look at your income. Now, like I was alluding to you before, this is unfortunately a conversation I have to have a lot with people that reach out to me is they come to me saying, you know, I don't know why I can't figure out budgeting. And then once I you know, look at their cash flow situation and, and help them out and point them in the right direction, I say, I say, unfortunately, you're either you're only going to be able to tread water and kind of not be able to expand your lifestyle or, or whatever until you figure out a way to increase your income, because the life's expensive, the world is getting more expensive with all this inflation. Regardless, there's a lot of people out there that budgeting isn't working, and it's not because they're not trying or they're not doing the right things or they're not really putting in all the effort and actually acting and doing the right things. It's simply because there's not enough money to go around. Okay, so investing in yourself, getting more skills, putting yourself out there, trying side gigs, stuff like that's something that I really stress a lot to people. You are your biggest asset. Like, yeah, you can save money and stuff, but like if you're only making, you know, $40,000 a year, um, you're only going to be able to save so much. And the only way to build wealth from there is to build your personal skills and abilities to go out there and be able to get a better job, to be able to go increase your, your income and increase your skills and increase your fulfillment and be able to start and get into a career with a better path, to be able to start a business. That's really something I stress to a lot of people is to really find a way, get creative, to increase your income so you're able to save. And when you do that, if this is you, if you're the one that needs to hear this message, once you figure out a way to, to increase your income, which I know you can because ADHDers are crazy creative and we can you can figure it out, I, I promise you. And if you want any tips or any support or any encouragement, please reach out to me. But every single incremental dollar you make, save it, stash it. So there you go. So that's basically what I got for you this week. Next week, what we're going to talk about is setting your first goal. So we kind of have our short-term goals. We want to distill from that question about your two things that you want to do in one year. We're going to distill a number one first goal that we want to achieve. We're going to figure out that and how much we want to actually start to save, how much do we want our budget to allow us to save each month, and how long will it take us to reach that goal so we can define everything and know exactly what we're doing, how long it's going to take. That helps increase motivation. And then... I think it'll just be one more episode, which will be all about setting up the structure for the reverse budget and putting it in motion, and then you're off to the races. Once again, feel free to reach out if you want to talk, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.